everybody and welcome back to Educate, the alternative classroom experience brought to you by Katie Conn. And this week, ladies and gents, I am in a different bedroom. I have moved back to my London residency and I'm currently in a much less glamorous fort. I have managed to make my soundproof area with my actual bed and a seat that is actually flipped upside down and actually placed on the top of the mattress with the laptop inside said seat on top of the mattress with the duvet totally submerging the whole thing, including myself. Let's just have some context. It's probably been like 25 degrees today. So this gal's a little bit hot and sweaty. So oof, you never know what's going to be said under here. But I'm going to stop yabbering on. Classic. So last week, I put out an episode all about mental health, which I absolutely was just astonished at how lovely people were about the episode. And it was really special for me because it was probably the first time where I've really spoken openly about my own experiences with mental health and probably telling the world that I have OCD, which isn't my favourite thing in the whole world. But it's also been incredibly lovely to have testimonies sent in from the Educate audience and being able to read them out. I just loved it. So thanks ever so much, everybody. And thanks for your lovely words and for your kind reviews on the old interweb. Gosh, I sounded like a grandmother there, didn't I? On the old interweb. But... Moving on. So another great episode is lined up for you guys this week. And I'm joined by the fantabulous, the explendid, explendid, that's not a word. What am I doing? Um, I'm joined by the fabulous Poppy Richardson for the second time because uh, I just pestered her and I was saying, Pops, please, can you come back? Because people of the world need help. I think it's time to give some parents a little bit of creative inspo as to what they could potentially do with their kids during lockdown and now it's getting a bit sunnier and parks are opening and things seem to slowly 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 um, are creeping back to normal somewhat but we've got a lot lot longer to go. Pops has been amazing and has come on and basically developed a sort of spider diagram plan that she's going to talk you through and the spider diagram can be found on my Instagram so I'm going to stop talking right now so I'm going to hand you over to Poppy Richardson and learn from her she knows so much about being creative and thinking outside the box but making it educational and beneficial to young minds so if you've got any cousins little siblings or just family friends or you know, you've babysat for people and you want to send them some ideas, just have a little listen and then send it their way because it might help somebody that's thinking, for goodness sake, I don't know what to teach anymore. So without further ado, over to you, Bobby Richardson. Thank you very much for having me back on to Educate. Thank you to Katie for asking me to come back on. I'm very flattered. So Katie asked me to do a short five minute lesson. And what I've decided to do is kind of give a bit of an insight into how kind of modern primary schools work, how planning lessons works with this. Um, rather than just teaching one lesson, I've decided to kind of give an overview of many different subjects and it will become clearer as I go along. 
but because everything's changing in the way that we're doing things who knows obviously schools are meant to reopen on June the 1st but still the logistics of that aren't clear like Boris has said yesterday that they're definitely going to open but the logistics of that's still aren't clear and how long we're going to have to do home learning for and how this new social distancing will affect schools. So I thought I'd talk you through something that could be done at home, at school, kind of wherever. And this is just my musings. So I'm sure that there'll be people listening to this that will have other ideas or other thoughts on what I am sharing. In the primary school world, the term cross-curricular is thrown around left, right and centre, you'll hear it so much. And that's basically because if you think so, if you, a lot of you probably the last time you stepped foot in a primary school was when you were in primary school, but it basically works in the same way that you have your class teacher that basically teaches you everything. So maths, English, science, art and DT, PSHE, music, etc, etc. So every single day you have from registration until break, which is maths or English, and then from break until lunch, maths or English. You do that every day. So if you think then, the afternoon is the time where you do literally everything else. And you have to cover geography, PE, music. Obviously not every day, so you tend to do one a day. But if you think that's still not a lot of time for those subjects. So the idea of making learning cross-curricular is that you have, for example, a book or a topic, and then you base all of your learning in all of the subjects around that book, for example. So I've kind of, and they, they kind of comes in the form of spider diagrams a lot of the time being like, so this is our main focal point. This is how it can relate to English. This is how it can relate to maths. And what I've done is I've created a spider diagram for outdoor learning, which I'm going to talk you through. So what I mean by outdoor learning is literally just taking your children outside because obviously we are allowed outdoors more now. So this is accessible for people that have a garden or people that don't have a garden. If you just take a trip to the park, there is so much that benefit that can be done from just taking your children outside. And that's why in in schools, it's becoming a lot more popular to incorporate outdoor learning I know we're doing it in our school because there's so much cross-curricular aspects that can be incorporated from going outside so this is aimed these kind of ideas that I've come up with are aimed at um, primary school children um, so this is key stage one and key stage two so I'll kind of talk you through as well how it can be adapted for key stage one and key stage two so when I say key stage one I mean year one and year two when I say key stage two I mean year three four five and six this can also count for early years so early years is nursery and reception who knows if it could be going outside is still beneficial for secondary school children but I am not I cannot tell you about secondary school education as I am not really an expert in that but yeah in the middle of my spider diagram I've got my outdoor learning and then if I was going to take my young child outside for perhaps, I love storytelling. So that's how we move into our English. We take, we, I take my child outside and I tell them the story of Little Red Riding Hood and I get them to act it out and get involved with me. This is drama, this is English. I won't go into the details because this is meant to be short, but storytelling anyway is so beneficial in so many ways. Through research, it's just proven to be so beneficial for children's um, development, um, imagination, grasp of language. It's so beneficial. And 
This, I could even say that telling the story of Little Red Riding Hood could also be good. I've told Little Red Riding Hood to a group of year fours. So that's mid key stage two. And they still really enjoyed it because they just love getting involved. They're probably a bit, they were a bit too old for me to just sit them down and tell them the story of Little Red Riding Hood. They've heard it, but there's so many alternative versions um, of this story because it's such a classic fairy tale that you can tell to um key stage two students and if they can act it out they just love getting involved and you know your child you know if they'll enjoy something like this but i found that lots of children love getting involved in storytelling so the reason why i chose little red riding hood is obviously because that that is mainly based in the woods and you're going to be outside so it's a great starting point to really get the children immersed in the outdoor environment. So, and then there's so many things you can move on to doing from this little springboard. So it obviously in science, you, in both key stages, they do, yeah, they learn about plants, they learn about habitats, animal classifications. So you can take the key stage, if you have a key stage one child, you can take them on a mini beast hunt. You can look at all the different habitats, micro habitats, everything like that. I won't go into great detail about what each of these terms means. This can also feed into maths as well. If you do a mini beast hunt, then they could create a chart, a tally chart, telling the number of the kinds of mini beasts they've seen, which they could then maybe turn into a bar chart or a graph. And then if you have a garden, outdoor learning means you can plant seeds, which is maths because you can measure out the water, weigh the seeds, weigh the soil. Obviously it might be a bit of a tedious task for you, but the children tend to really enjoy it. And then if for key stage two, this can also go into conversions. So dividing and multiplying by 10, 100 and 1000, kind of um, converting between things like centimeters and meters. Literally you can do that by just measuring the length of a leaf or something like that, and then branch off that into conversions, okay? And then we can look at how, just going outside, how all of this can transfer into art and DT. So you, I've looked at making puppets, hand puppets, obviously you'd have to go inside for this, but making hand puppets based off the characters in the fairy tale that you told when you first took them outside. So making a wolf and take, then taking that throughout or literally collecting some flowers, doing some flower pressing when you get back home or even sketching flowers and trees, sketching leaves and things like that. And then when you're outdoors as well, it could lead in, you could lead into music by creating a soundscape from mini beasts, from animals, from just the noises that you make outside that you make. That you hear <laughs> and then obviously we've got the pshe benefits of we know as adults that going outside going for a walk is really good for your mental health so it's good for children's mental health as well when they're cooped up in they're still going to be cooped up inside a lot of the day it's just going to be super good for their mental health just to get them out of the house get them exploring the world around them it can also feed into pshe in debating um whose responsibility is it to look after the natural world, to look after the planets? In a lot of the curriculum, the children look at the destruction of habitats and endangered animals. So it could really feed into discussions and debates around that. Obviously, we all know about um, the destruction of the rainforest due to palm oil, the melting of the ice caps. You can really generate from literally just going outside and having a look at the natural world. You can generate discussions about the wider natural world. And then if you take it back to English as well, if you've generated those discussions, um, in key stage two, they could write a letter arguing the importance of protecting endangered animals 
of protecting habitats. Or in key stage one, they can make a poster giving information about an endangered animal and why they're in danger. And is it the animal that's endangered? Is it the habitat that's being destroyed? If you don't know all of this, that's fine. Just Google it. (laughs) I know that sounds really minor, but if you want to do this with your children and you don't know... There's so many things that I get told that I have to talk that I have no idea about. And you just need to do your research on it. And it's a really enjoyable experience for you because you find out loads of information. Yeah. So I think that's everything. I'm going to send Katie a picture. So hopefully on the Instagram post, the resource that I made that I've been looking at throughout this time I've been speaking will be available with this podcast. Um, And hopefully Katie will tag me. So feel free to send me any questions if I said something that I know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's actually completely alien language to anybody else. And if you do have children and you want any advice, I will try and do my best. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert. These are just the ideas that I've come up with from a quick brainstorm. And you could probably come up with ideas yourself. There's a lot of benefit from just letting children play in the outdoors. You'd be amazed creativity and the knowledge that can come from children from just letting them explore because they'll just discover things they've never seen before. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Poppy. That was yet again another really insightful and interesting episode that you've led there. And once again, I've made you do a solo episode. So sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But that was absolutely brilliant and so insightful. And I really hope that any listeners that have any little children in their lives, whether that's through any sort of relationship, I really hope that it might be able to help you navigate those relationships and enhance their own learning experiences. It's interesting to think that if you're lying down in the park, perhaps with a cheeky bev, or you're reading a book, or listening to some vibes, or even this podcast, who knows, how meta would that be? But it's interesting to think that you see a little child walking by with uh, a responsible adult, or a sibling, or something, that they might be in this whole educational learning world, and we just don't even know about it. So I think that was really, really insightful and brilliantly put, Pops. I loved how you're encompassing sort of every aspect of a child's learning in that. I love how you're sort of creating a world where you are bringing together all the facets of the educational world. I think that's great. So thank you ever so much, Poppy, my fabulous primary school teacher in training in residency with Katie Conn on her podcast, Educate. Um, Thank you ever so much. And listeners, I really hope that you're enjoying these episodes. If you are, I'm going to do that podcast plug and say, please give me a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Or just, you know, give a little rating if you fancy it. But make sure you're subscribed to Educate um, so you don't miss an episode. And also follow me on Instagram at educate underscore podcast. (laughs) Right, I'm going to go because I'm very hot under this duvet. And I think I need a glass of water. (laughs) So thank you ever so much and have a lovely week. Next time on Educate, I'm going to be joined by an incredible guest called Emma Bentley. And she is a camera woman at the BBC. And she's going to talk all about going viral on TikTok, what her day-to-day life is like and how things have changed during lockdown. So be sure to listen in. I can't wait for you to hear that. But thank you ever so much, Poppy, again. You've been brilliant. And next time I have you on Educate, 
it's going to be a real life conversation baby lots of love bye (laughs) 